This is a Federal News Network podcast. Welcome to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Marianne Roth, the Chief Risk Officer at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Marianne, this is a little different of an Ask the CIO, but it's great to have you on. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. This is part of a survey we're doing with chief risk officers across the government focused on, no, no surprise, risk management, which is key to not just everything in technology, but really everything across the agencies, across the government. So let's just start right there at the beginning. Let's discuss the CFPB's approach to risk management. The CFPB is a relatively new organization. We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary last month. So because of that, we have taken a very strategic view and strategic approach to the way we think about risk and the way we manage the risks facing the organization. So I joined the Bureau in 2017, and at that time, they didn't have um, an enterprise risk management program. There was risk management occurring throughout the organization, but in in very much silos without an overarching framework or overarching perspective on how the agency wanted to handle risk. So I was brought on to create an enterprise risk management program that would provide a structured way for the Bureau to identify, assess, evaluate, and respond and monitor risks, as well as to increase the way that we, we share information and improve our communication across the organization. And most importantly, Think about how we can embed risk-based decision-making into our day-to-day operations as an organization. So we have this risk framework. We have this risk strategy. You've been there for now uh, about four years plus. How's it going? Uh, Do you feel like that you are incorporating this risks into your approach, into your mission area? Yes, very much so. So as I mentioned, we built the program from the ground up in 2017. And since then, we've actually achieved a level three maturity um, in terms of our ERM program. And that means that we have a structured framework, we have governance bodies, we have supporting technology, and we are working to embed risk-based decision-making into our culture. So we've made a lot of progress, but we've also taken a very strategic approach to the way we integrated ERM into the way the the Bureau does business. Specifically, a lot of organizations will focus on operational risks when they're building an ERM program. And we really took a different approach. We focused specifically on our mission risks and strategic risks and built our program around that so that then we can more easily expand it through the organization and build more buy-in. People, I have found that stakeholders within the organization are much more responsive to our ERM program because they see how they fit into it. You know, they see how their direct work is impacted by risk and how their direct work mitigates risk. In, in many ways, that's the hallmark of a really successful risk management program, how I fit into it. You can tell me what my risks are. You can say, hey, Jason, don't go to the, the, the end of that curb because you could fall off. But until I fall off, I don't really understand why you told me not to go to the end of the curb. I'm simplifying my for my two-year-old or whatever age our kids are these days, right? But give me a sense of, of how that has really engendered kind of that broader understanding of risk across, across the, the agency. A good example of that is the way that we approach data and cybersecurity. You know, the CFPB is a very, is a highly data-dependent and data-driven organization. We intake data so that we can evaluate the effectiveness of rules and regulations, so that we can identify um, companies that have violated consumer financial protection laws, 
and so that we can evaluate the effectiveness of our financial education programs. So we take a lot of data, and that means that we have a lot of data risk, you know, not only in terms of the security of the data, but also the integrity of the data. And so through our ERM program, we have really been able to expand an understanding of how this is such a mission critical risk and impacts all facets of the organization and that everyone has a, a part to play in securing our information and ensuring its um, integrity and reliability going forward. One of the things is we talk about the different types of risks and maybe we go down there for a second. Are, are there some emerging risks you're focused on today? Are there some emerging risks you're starting to say, hey, Three years ago, this wasn't that big of a deal, but now it's a much bigger deal, and, and especially as they impact agency mission focus. The Bureau has a renewed focus on racial and economic equity, as well as um, an equitable recovery from the COVID pandemic. So those are two areas that we are very focused on and that we're taking an ERM based approach to identifying what those emerging risks are for consumers um, within those areas. So we are um, actively examining are the various markets that we're responsible for, such as like credit cards, debt collection, auto loans, mortgage servicing, and really looking at like what are the emerging risks to consumers in those areas, not only in the next like six months, but in the over the next five years. So where, where should we be positioning ourselves so that we can be most nimble and um, helpful to consumers and ensure that their, their uh, rights are protected? It's interesting because your your focus is on that outside looking in in some ways, right? Where, what do we have to do to protect consumers versus a lot of agencies are inside looking out? What risks are we facing? You mentioned cyber risk. That's an easy one to talk through that we have to guard against so we can serve citizens. Is that a little bit of a different perspective that, that the CFPB has when it comes to risk management? I would say so. I mean, we, we still do look at risks to ourselves. And one, one of the areas that we're very focused on is organizational maturity and efficiency. So, you know, we are a young organization, but how can we continue to mature our, our processes? How can we ensure that we can recruit the same level of talent that we have in the past? How can we um, ensure that our technology investments are appropriate? So we're still very much focused on those areas too, but we have um, an additional focus on these external risks of how we can best protect consumers. Right. I wasn't trying to definitely didn't want to insinuate you guys didn't have any internal risks. You do, but, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think you think you definitely, the, the external mission, the ones that you're actively looking at, help me understand how you're balancing though the internal and external risks from your position as a chief risk officer. And then from a, how, how do you kind of communicate that to the mission side too? As the chief risk officer, I, I don't own any of the risks. Uh, they are you know, owned by the various divisions and the leadership uh, within those divisions of the Bureau. So my role is really to be a facilitator for the discussion of, of um, changes in the risks and uh, monitoring our response to these various risks, but then ensuring that the risk owners have the tools and resources to effectively mitigate those risks. So I convene our um, Enterprise Risk Steering Committee on a regular basis, and we are um, establishing a, a new council within the Bureau for monitoring our enterprise risks um, at a more staff level so that we can better escalate changes to those risks um, to our leadership. Can you tell me a little bit more about, first of all, the steering committee, and then we'll talk about the next level down the council? So we established a senior level governance body, which we call the 
executive steering committee for enterprise risk management, and it is comprised of all the senior leaders in the organization. So each head of, our, of a division within the bureau is a member, and it's chaired by our chief of staff. So we have high level visibility and high level participation, senior level participation in the governance group. With regard to our enterprise risk monitoring council, we have found that although executive buy-in is so incredibly important, there's a lot of risk management that has to occur at a lower level in the organization and the more the day-to-day -day risk management. And so we are establishing a, um, a new council that will do just that, that will focus on how we can better anticipate changes in the in the risks that we are that, that we have um, and the effectiveness of our mitigation activities in real time and so then we can better escalate issues for a senior leadership decision as um, as needed and I can only imagine you're doing both uh, you're in both councils you're bringing data or your, your office is, is participating in both councils yes that is correct the senior leadership one and, and we're coming up on a break. So I just want to touch upon that real quick. And then maybe we'll come back around to the monitoring council. Are you providing them with the data? Are you providing them with some sort of, here comes, ready, dashboard type of information? How do they make their decisions through what, what, what approach, meaning not the everyone raise their hand and vote, of course, but more like what data is driving those decisions? We have been focused on developing key performance indicators and key risk indicators for each of the most significant risks that the Bureau faces. So we are really trying to quantify, like what are those, we are really trying to quantify not only the, the vulnerabilities that we face, but also the potential impact of those vulnerabilities to the organization and do this in a structured way so that we can compare the data over time and analyze changes in the data, as well as be more proactive in our responses to changes in our environment. So this is an ongoing project. We've made a lot of traction in terms of developing key risk indicators. I find that to be a challenge for most federal agencies to develop key risk indicators because they're supposed to be very proactive. They're supposed to be the alarm on your car when, you're, uh, when your tire pressure is running low. That's like what a key risk indicator is supposed to do. And so developing that um, for the complex environment in which we operate is very challenging, but it's, it's also very rewarding once we have these measures established, and then we can regularly share that information with our senior leaders. I love that analogy of tire pressure on your car. People get that. We've, we've all experienced the, uh-oh, my, my car is uh, having trouble. Marianne, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can maybe dive into the monitoring council just a little bit more, and then we'll, we'll continue our conversation. My guest today is Marianne Roth, the Chief Risk Officer at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Galvanize on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Galvanize on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Marianne Roth, the Chief Risk Officer at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Uh, Marianne, as we've been talking about, this is a little different kind of Ask the CIO. We're talking a lot about risk today. And, and when we talk about risk, we know that means mission risk, internal risk, external risk. Of course, cyber risk we'll get to, data risk we'll get to. But before we go down those paths, you mentioned something in the last segment that I want to follow up with you, which is a new council. And the, the goal of this kind of risk monitoring council is, is that next level down, the people who do the the day-to-day -day stuff and pass what they find, the mitigation issues, the challenges up to the, the, the steering committee. How did you come up with this idea of needing this kind of enterprise risk monitoring council? And, and then how does it work so far? We are just kicking it off. So it is a new governance structure for the Bureau. But I have found that 
with executives uh, that are on our steering committee, that they are very busy. They have a lot of decisions to make on a regular basis, and that sometimes they don't have the the detailed, granular information that can really lead us to identify interdependencies across the risks that we're facing as an organization, as well as gaps in our responses. So I decided to create this more staff-level group that would be able to share information on a more regular basis, would be able to share more detailed information based on their the, the plethora of data they have available, and also to help build a culture of risk management. We had taken a more of a top-down approach at the Bureau for establishing our enterprise risk management program, and this is one way that I see to extend risk-based thinking and risk-based awareness throughout the organization by bringing it down a level and um, connecting it directly to the people that are responsible for managing risks on a daily basis. You mentioned you're just kicking it off, so I don't want to kind of get ahead of you too much. Have you had a meeting yet? Is it just where are you at in that kicking it off phase? We have established the, the, the body. We have identified our representatives and we're actually having our kickoff meeting on Monday. All right, excellent. So we will have to follow up with you on that once the time is right. But uh, that's, that's very good news that it's, it's getting going. It seems like a good approach because you have people who are dealing with the everyday and they can pass the, the big issues up to the, to the leadership who then can make those bigger decisions. So, so, so good, good for you on that. As I mentioned, we're talking risk today, but this is still a, a technology show in many ways. And I know you're not a technologist per se. You, you don't have the title of CIO, you have CRO in your title, but technology kind of permeates everything we do these days. So how are you starting to use technology, cloud services, artificial intelligence, advanced analytics, whatever, to improve your risk-making and and decision-making process? The Bureau is a highly data-driven organization, so we are looking for ways that we can partner with our experts in our market areas and in other parts of the organization so that we can leverage the information they're collecting. We collect a ton of, a lot of information on a daily basis, and um, it, it is very hard to sift through all that, that information and figure out what is the most applicable and how can we compare this information to make risk-based decisions. So uh, again, I'm taking a partnership perspective on that where we're leveraging the, the expertise of our subject matter experts and um, moving the organization forward in that way. So when it comes to the technology side of the discussion, are, are you asking, for instance, your CIO, hey, I need a system that does this and they, they take care of that. Okay, we're going to put that in the cloud. It's going to be this type of system. They kind of make those decisions, it sounds like. Yes, the, the CIO definitely makes those types of decisions. The role that I play is more working with the, the CIO to say, we, you know, we have uh, these seven data elements that are being collected across the Bureau. How can we pull these together? Because they're all being collected from disparate systems and they have different... Um, business owners, how can we pull this information into a dashboard that we can then share with leadership that will allow them to see the impact of our of our various initiatives? Data and analytics is the other piece of this. How are you all using the tools that are out there, whether it's homegrown, built by CFPB or commercially available or some combination to, to push forward? I mean, you have a dashboard. Is it working well? Give me a sense of, of how are you addressing kind of some of those technology challenges or opportunities? So from a bureau perspective, we try to leverage the the best available tools that we have and as well as procure additional tools as needed. Um, 
we are very focused on integrating the availability of those tools across the organization so they can be leveraged to their maximum effect effectiveness. And we are um, partnering with our CISO to constantly evaluate the cybersecurity implications of, of the, this new technology. And we are also partnering with our chief data officer to think about what are the, the um, security implications of incorporating, of, of purchasing new data and leveraging new data sources. Now, we know data is the lifeblood of any organization. CFPB probably just like every other agencies has a ton of data. How do you, from a risk perspective, use the data to make decisions for, or, or at least present information so the senior leadership can make decisions? Is there something that your office specifically does with the data or are you just connecting the dots in a way that then goes through the, the analytics tools and such? The role of the chief risk officer at the Bureau is more to, to connect the dots, to be a facilitator of existing information. But I'm also a very active member of our data governance board, which is a, a governance body of senior leaders across the Bureau. And we um, advise the chief data officer on the risks and opportunities associated with with our data initiatives. So everything from procuring new data to maintaining the security of data to releasing data, we, um, we are involved in all of those decisions. And we're constantly thinking about uh, how to balance the security implications as well as the, um, the knowledge management and communication opportunities that we have associated with that. Are there big challenges around technology for your, from your perspective as a chief risk officer that you're trying to address? Or are there opportunities that you'd like to see, hey, if we really could apply X to it, whatever the technology is, that would really make a big difference for us? I think the challenge for us is finding a technology that works well within the Bureau's structure. So something that is that allows us to be nimble and uh, responsive to changes in our environment, something that is not so challenging to use, something that doesn't require a significant long-term investment. We really want to be able to be nimble and adaptive to the various changes that are happening in the technology sphere, which, as you know, happen so quickly that we don't want to be tied down and lock ourselves into a particular system that then is not going to meet our needs like three years from now. I think we're seeing a lot of big push for this idea of open source, open architecture, open systems. So I think that's what you're getting to there is this idea that we can buy a piece of software, buy something that we need, a capability we need today, but in the six months from now, we may need capability plus one or that or different capability altogether. Exactly. exactly. That, 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 that's exactly what we're, we're thinking about. We've talked a lot about risk and the biggest risk that no one expected was the COVID pandemic, right? All of a sudden, about you know year and a half, almost uh, 18 months ago now, we all woke up and said, you got to work from home. Oh, by the way, you need to figure out how to get access to all your data and all your information and all your systems. From your role, from your perspective as an enterprise risk manager, how has that been impacted by the COVID pandemic and, and how have you adjusted? So from the perspective of the chief risk officer, one of the first things that we did as an organization was to um, add a risk to our profile, to our risk profile about organizational resilience and really starting to think through not only how can we react to the current environment, but how can we make sure that we're prepared for the next crisis and for the next pandemic or the next uh, global emergency that we, we all probably will be facing. So um, so we really built that into our in, into the way that we do business and into the way that we've approached our, um, our work 
workplace flexibilities for employees, for the way we've thought about our, our coup planning and our, um, our uh, continuity of government plans. Um, we've built this, this, the concept of resilience and, and um, flexibility into all of those plans. From me as a personal um, perspective, as the, the CRO, um, you know, this definitely greatly changed the way I, I approach my work. I mean, I've had to become accustomed to Zoom meetings every day, <laughs> like, like everybody else. But I think that, um, you know, it's really caused me to rethink how I how I can best engage with my with my peers and my coworkers um, in the organization, and also with my peers across government. Um, I'm very active in the federal ERM community, and I think that it's been um, a challenge to maintain those connections, you know, and share and continually share information that we and best practices that we can all learn from and employ in our different organizations. Marianne, there's a couple of follow-ups I have for you around COVID and the pandemic, but we're going to take a quick break and come back. We'll, we will get to those follow-ups. My guest today is Marianne Roth, the Chief Risk Officer at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Galvanize on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Galvanize on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Marianne Roth, the Chief Risk Officer at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Now, Marianne, we've been talking about risk all program. We talked about the risk and, and we got data. We got a little bit on cyber. We'll get more on cyber in a little bit. We talked about kind of the dashboarding. You mentioned, though, the pandemic and you mentioned a little bit about how you had to re- kind of rethink your role. And of course, you were, you were you brought up the thing we all now love to hate, the, the VTC, virtual telecommunication, the, the telecom and the, the, the meetings on video cameras and such. But you also brought up organizational resilience, and I want to go there. Everybody that I've talked to about the pandemic always had a coop plan or or cog plan. What made you, from a risk perspective, and and you know the hat you wear? Uh, how did you look at the resilience differently? How did the pandemic make you maybe take a half or a full step back? I agree. Yes, every every agency has those various plans in place. But in a lot of agencies, it just becomes shelfware if it's not regularly updated and regularly exercised upon. But we really wanted to take it a step further and start thinking about how can we embed this into our managers' day-to-day work? How can they start thinking about what are the challenges that their employees are going to be facing, whether it be from a weather crisis or the, the pandemic itself or from some other type of emergency that would Um, impede our ability to come to the building or even to access our systems. So we're, um, we're really embedding this, the the idea of resilience into all of our operations and all of our planning for our future operations. Um, One of the challenges for for the Bureau as well is that we have a very distributed workforce. And so a large number of our employees work from home on a regular basis um, across the country and um, then go to various banks and organizations that they have to um, investigate and supervise. So having um, a plan that's flexible enough to meet the needs of those individuals, which are will be very different from our headquarters employees, was a challenge and was something that we really wanted to focus on um, in this environment and build that type of approach into our, fu- our future operations. It's funny you brought up weather, and what's funny about weather is we used to, as Federal News Network, always snow days were huge, right? With federal right. employees, specifically in the D.C. area, well, who's going to be closed? Who's going to be open? Who has to report? When 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 is OPM going to make the call? But all of a sudden, the pandemic hits. 
and snow days don't happen anymore because everybody <laughs> is used to working from home. And if you weren't, then there's a, you know, there's something else going on. So when you talk about resilience and everything you do, uh, that, that also could mean, you, you know, not just, as you said, um, uh, oh, weather, but it could be fire, it could be internet outage, mm-hmm. it could be so many things. Does it also, did the pandemic also require you to, to re, re-look at what risk is and what it means to CFPB? Well, I think that we've always um, had a very specific stance on risk. I mean, we, we view it as not, as not only um, challenges, but also opportunities. And, uh, you know, we really wanted to embed that into our thinking about resilience. Like, are there better ways of doing this? Are there better ways of connecting with our remote employees? Are there better ways of um, building um, a, a nimble organization and being uh, responsive to the various needs of consumers. So, so we really look at it that way. So it's not a negative. In some ways, the 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 pandemic has been a positive because it's incorporate. It's forced us to incorporate this perspective on how can we do this better, how can we do this more easily um, into everything that that we do. Did it also require you to take a half a step back and relook at your risk management strategy, tagging back to the beginning of our conversation and think about how you maybe need to rework it or change a chapter or how, when you talk about those meetings you talked about earlier as well, how the pandemic forced you to, to talk differently about risk, not just resiliency, but, but it could be cyber, it could be data, it could be workforce risk. Definitely. So I think a lot of uh, CROs will say that the, the value, the, the biggest value of ERM really comes from the conversations that we have with our partners across the organization. So the conversations I have kind of on the fly with our chief information officer, or our chief information security officer, or our, our, our Chico or the head of procurement. And in the pandemic, uh, that those conversations haven't been possible. You know, I I can't just meet up with someone in the um, in the break room, you know, over the the water cooler or what have you. So it's it's forced me to take a very deliberative and proactive approach to establishing those relationships and and sustaining those relationships over time and creating through in a virtual environment still that safe space where people feel that they can disclose challenges and risks that they're facing that they may not want to have uh, be made, you know, public or, you know, could be misconstrued, you know, so it's, I think it's been a challenge, but it's really forced me to, to reconsider how I approach those interactions with my peers. It's weird because when you see someone in person, you get a different vibe from their personality. And even if you watch them on a video screen, you don't necessarily get that same a reaction if you say something and they they stand in a way or they kind of you may not be looking at the screen when they give you that kind of cross-eyed look right so it's a much right. different experience <laughs> i can imagine and and when you talk about risk and, and how comfortable they are i'm sure that's also changed without getting into obviously too much detail without increasing your risk was there any experiences you'd offer over the last year that that, that one of those uh something happened where you said or maybe an example where you said i better double down on this or go back and ask more questions because this risk seems to be bigger than, than either I think it is, or they're explaining to me. I'm just looking for maybe is an example that maybe you, you would point to. So one example I have of that is the way that we've been approaching um, racial and economic equity at the Bureau. Specifically, um, this is a, a major new initiative for the Bureau, and there are many different moving parts, and uh, every part of the organization um, has a role to play in advancing racial and economic equity for consumers. However, um, 
from a risk perspective, I was able to bring to the attention of leadership the um, the, the gaps between all these various initiatives and um, brought people together to talk about how we can ensure that we're not duplicating effort, that we're not um, sending cross mixed messages to consumers, that we're really using an integrated approach. And I think that the ERM program has really helped solidify that. It's It provides an overarching framework and process by which we can pull the organization together and make sure that we're um, all on the same page in terms of executing this new initiative. Really great example. Thank you for sharing that. I know it's sometimes hard to put you on the spot there and be like, hey, give me an example. <laughs> but I think that's that's an important one because I think every agency is uh, dealing with the equity, inclusion, diversity challenges uh, uh, that, that the Biden administration has asked agencies to take on. The, speaking of ongoing risks. <laughs> Let's talk about cybersecurity. Finally, I think one of the big things that we see time and again is these risks are only increasing. They're, they are putting agencies under more pressure from your perspective. And I know you're not a cybersecurity expert, but you have to deal with it. You're talking to your CISO, your CIO quite often. How are the increasing cyber risks impacting your short and long-term risk management strategies? They are definitely impacting both our short and long-term risk management strategies. Um, and in the short term, I think that we have to deal with, you know, increasing the increasing frequency of cyber attacks, the increasing risk of data breaches, which would put our entire organization at risk. And in the long term, we're really thinking about how can we establish a technology infrastructure that meets our needs, but also balances our security requirements. I also believe that supply chain management comes into this. You know, we are dependent on external vendors for certain parts of our security, our cybersecurity infrastructure. And ensuring that they are maintaining the same standards that we have is very challenging and is a new way, really, of approaching um, third-party vendor risk for federal agencies. How often are you meeting with the CIO, the CISO, or, or maybe meetings not the best word, but how many emails do you share a day? <laughs> because everything they do, right? We want to put this system in the cloud. What's the risk? We want to mash this database with the other database. What's the risk? So I guess is how involved are you in the tech side of, the, of it all? I work very closely with our, our CISO and our CIO, but we've established a very strong um, framework that they use to evaluate the risk. And we have identified our risk appetite and our risk tolerance very clearly. So there are a lot of decisions that they are that they make um, without looping me in uh, because they are more technical in nature and they're also within our risk appetite. So um, I'm more involved in the in future looking initiatives where we're looking at the strategic uh, trade-offs that the organization will have to make, but those day-to-day decisions are made by the um, by the CISO and the CIO, in, you know, in the context of our risk appetite. In, in many ways, I would argue that's the perfect role for the CRO. You establish some parameters, yeah. some guardrails. As long as they still stay in those guardrails, they, 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 their tolerance doesn't necessarily change. They can go forward and you don't need to necessarily have to worry about the day-to-day. But if that tolerance changes, then, uh-oh, let's bring... Marianne in to help us understand why it changed and, and what do we do about it. And, and that was, that actually leads to my next question. How often does your risk tolerance change day to day, week to week, hour to hour? 
So I would say that we have a pretty steady risk tolerance. It depends on the situation, though. I mean, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, we exceeded our our established risk tolerance because we were willing to take on risk to um, deploy more remote technologies to enable our employees to work from home. So, you know, we 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 took on more risk and then we changed our tolerance. So I don't. So um, although I, I I just said that I see it as steady, <laughs> I mean it's very much um, in pace with the um, with the appetite of the organization. You know, we, we try to keep, the last thing we want to do with our risk tolerance levels is to be an impediment to the, CR, the CIO and the CISO to do their job, but we want to make it a way so that they can more effectively manage their, their work. Very similar to the cybersecurity side of the, they don't want to be an impediment, but they want to be, require, ensure that technology works and technology is not standing in the way of the mission. But then again, we'd also want to put the mission in a spot where, well, you had a data breach because we didn't know that we, we opened the door and, and the bad guys walked through. So, so I get that 100%. Marianne, let's take another quick break. When we come back, we can finish up our conversation. My guest today is Marianne Roth, the Chief Risk Officer at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Galvanize on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Galvanize on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Marianne Roth, the Chief Risk Officer at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Marianne, we've been talking about risk all, all during this program, a, kind of a special edition of Ask the CIO, where we're not necessarily talking a lot of technology, though we did hit upon it, specifically in the last segment, cyber risk. So I want to move us forward a little bit and, and talk about what are your priorities? What are you working on as the Chief Risk Officer over the next six, nine, 12 months? I'm really focused on building out our our key performance and key risk indicator capability and really using data, the data we have available and finding new sources of data so that we can really more effectively analyze the risks that we're facing and also manage um, better measuring the impact of our mitigation efforts. You know, I found that um, many times an organization will implement a mitigation strategy and then they're done. You know, there, there's no look back at, did this really decrease the risk? Did this really have the intent that we that we had uh, devised? And so I'm really trying to build that capability into our risk management program and then extend that throughout the organization. Also, building um, a more risk-aware culture is another of my, one of my priorities. Uh, reaching out to um, frontline employees and different levels of management so that we can really build, we can bake that type of thinking into how they approach their job. You know, the last thing I want to do is send everyone a 20 page training on enterprise risk management, which just bores them to death. (laughs) I'd much rather have them just, you know, as part of their muscle memory, think about risk and trade-offs when they're making decisions in their daily jobs. And then finally, I, I, my last priority is um, helping to mature the uh, the ERN capability and prepare for um, a new director of the uh, of the of the CFPB. Um, we have an acting director at this time, and um, I'm very excited for a permanent director who will um, help us further mature the the program and achieve our organizational goals. I don't know why you don't think people want a 20 page paper about risk management that they can read every time they have a decision to make. <laughs> I want to uh, go back to one of the things about um, the, the KPIs when you're building, when you're developing measures, because a lot of times measuring risk, it's like very, so again, go back to the cybersecurity side, you got to measure something that didn't happen. Well, 
the cyber attack didn't happen. How many times didn't a cyber attack happen? I don't know. How do you how do you develop metrics that work for you and that that show, if you will, the return on the investment? So when we think about KPIs, we really base it on how effective are our current are we de- deploying our current resources? You know, are we maximizing them to the greatest extent? With our key risk indicators, we're focusing them more on changes in our external environment. So that we know that there is, so that we will know that there is um, a, a particular decision point that we'll that we'll have to make in the near future. So, for example, in the um, say in the mortgage servicing area, um, are there uh, we we have key key risk indicators around the number of people leaving um, forbearance programs? You know, and what impact? What do we do? We expect that to be a national impact. Do we expect that to be more regionally based? How can we, you know, best address that as an organization? So we really do take a forward-looking approach to our key risk indicators. Is that a challenge for all risk managers that proving the negative, so to speak, or disproving the negative? Well, because we did this, our risk lowered. Well, how do you know that? Well, uh, because of this reason. And and do you get what I'm? You, you get the question I'm asking I, is is. Go ahead. Yes, yes, it's definitely it's a constant challenge for uh, for CROs or anyone in the risk management profession. How do you prove the negative that the bad thing didn't happen? So I I try to focus it more on are we are we achieving our goals and are we using our our resources most effectively and you know and is that having an impact on our external environment rather than trying to disprove a negative? It's just I, I've not found a way to do it <laughs> to, to disprove the negative. And I'm not sure that anyone wants to disprove the negative, but it is that question that comes up is why are we investing in this and, and what are we getting from it? The, the other piece of that I just want to touch upon is the mitigation efforts. I think that's really important. I think many times organizations don't do a post-mortem, right? Why did the project mm-hmm. fail or why did the project succeed? What did we do well? What, what didn't we do? Uh, in fact, Federal News Network, uh, we did one recently back in March when we had an event where that went really well, but we had things we could do better. Uh, is that kind of what you're looking at is, is when you have a risk-based event, you're doing a post-mortem or, or you, when, you, when you mitigate something, you're, okay, what worked well and what didn't? Yes, we are definitely doing that, but we're also taking it a step further. And at the outset, when we're developing a mitigation strategy, we're, we're really focusing on what are the outcomes that we want to see? What, you know, how would we define success for this particular initiative? And then see, you know, then continually monitor to see if, if we are seeing those external changes, if we are seeing those those specific outcomes. Um, so I think that that is taking it a step further than than uh, just reviewing what we what went well and what didn't. It's really building it in from the, the, the onset. And then that leads us down the path of developing that risk aware culture. One of the challenges there is getting folks to understand what is risk and, and why they have to understand what is risk. And, and you, as you mentioned, I love that. We, we don't want to give them a 20 page paper every time they have to make a decision. What are some of the steps you're doing that? Because I think a lot of agencies have this challenge. I think it's helping people think about risk throughout the life cycle of their, their project or their, their work. So from the, from the planning efforts, you know, what, what could go wrong? What challenges could we expect? What happens if, if we don't succeed, to um, actually monitoring your progress while you're in executing something, and then doing the postmortem as you had talked about, um, I think it's that building in this this life cycle of constantly embedding questions of risk into 
our planning efforts and our execution and uh, review efforts is um, is what I'd recommend for for agencies to to implement. All right, very good advice. I know that again, this idea of chief risk officers have been growing. You mentioned you started in 2017 at the beginning of our discussion. And I want to go back probably 2015 when it was included. You'll correct me. Is it A11? A123. A123. <laughs> uh, Dave Mater, former OMB, will get very mad at me because I did not remember that. Uh, we're just out of time before I let you go, though. I do want to talk just a little bit about how you, from your post at uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, is working with other chief risk officers across government. You mentioned a firm. We always call you all the other firm because there's the technology <laughs> firm. You're the right. risk firm. So walk, walk me through how do you get together? Is there a chief risk officers council? How are you sharing best practices and lessons learned, et cetera? Sure. So I'm very happy to talk about that. So I'm a very active member of a firm. A firm has a lot of different ways for um, risk practitioners to be involved. Uh, in particular, I'm the chair of our small agency community of practice, which meets on a monthly basis. And it's open to, to everyone, but it's targeted to small agencies. And we um, share best practices and have featured speakers on topics that are most relevant to small agencies and the challenge and the unique challenges that we face um, in the in the uh, federal sphere. I'm also very active in our um, firm summit, which is coming up October 26th and 27th. Uh, we have a great lineup of plenary speakers, including Nassim Tal Talib, who is the author of The Black Swan and Skin in the Game. So he's a best-selling uh, author, um, as well as other speakers such as uh, Bob Zukas, who is a leading cybersecurity and supply chain management thought leader, and uh, Gene Dodaro from from GAO. So we have a great lineup of plenary speakers, a lot of exciting breakout sessions, and we're very excited to, to invite everyone to come and attend the Affirm Summit. Well, we have covered the Affirm Summit many times over the last few years, so we will be there again. Thank you for uh, opening it up to the press. Hopefully it will be opened up this year. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you've ever, if you've not had a chance to uh, listen to Gene Dodaro speak, it's amazing. No notes, no papers. He just got, it's all the top of the head. It's an, he's an amazing person and uh, we, we enjoy covering him, uh, especially on, on Capitol Hill. Marianne, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really enjoyed our conversation, but unfortunately we are out of time for today. So let me thank my guest. Marianne Roth is the Chief Risk Officer at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Marianne, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Galvanize on Federal News Network. You've been listening to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 10 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu.